And God, we pray that you would hear this prayer to seek you first, to put you at the center, to lift you up, and as a community of believers to proclaim we exalt you. We exalt you as the enough God. We exalt you as the more than enough God. We exalt you as the leader of our lives. Help us to put you first, to seek you first, knowing that when we put you first, everything that we desire and seek will be added to us. Show us yourself today. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. The devil wears Prada. When I first saw the previews for The Devil Wears Prada starring Meryl Streep, I thought, now that's a bold theological statement. And if we wear Prada or have a Prada wallet or some other Prada item, does that mean that somehow we're honoring the devil? I had to watch the movie to see what they were trying to say. The Devil Wears Prada. Very early on, we figured out that the devil was Meryl Streep. Miranda, the most horrible boss that you could ever imagine, making demands on her entire staff. In the movie, The Devil Wears Prada, we see Andy. That's her nickname. Her name was Andrea. She was a top journalism student at Northwestern University. And she had a dream of being a responsible journalist. And yet when she goes to New York for her first job, she has two choices, a position at Auto World or Runway Magazine. She chooses, of course, the job at Runway. And immediately, she is confronted with a variety of choices. In a sense, will she give up her values to be a responsible journalist? to do what would please her devil of a boss? Would she change the way she looked? Would she change the way she thinks? Would she give up her personal life? These were the choices Andy was forced to make. Or at least she said she was forced. One of the lines that is continually replayed throughout the movie is the line, I didn't have a choice. She says this to her father. She says this to her partner. I didn't have a choice. Does the devil really wear Prada? Depends on how much value you place on Prada and what you do to get it. The reality is the devil comes in a variety of forms. In our scripture today from Hebrews 12 The devil actually doesn't come in the form of Prada, but a bowl of stew. Esau has to make a choice. Will he sell his birthright to his younger brother Jacob for that bowl of stew that is steaming right there in front of him? Or will he decide to satisfy his hungers in a deeper way and achieve the long-term blessing? The choice that Andy faced in the movie and the choice that Esau faced in Scripture are similar to the choices that we all make every day. 
And for us, the devil may come in Prada, or the devil may come in whatever we think will satisfy our immediate needs. The challenge before each one of us is to look at the choices we're making in our lives and to see where those choices are taking us. How do we choose in a world that offers so many options? I would invite us to look at our spiritual callings and our spiritual lives and to begin to make choices from a spiritual perspective. To choose consciously, to choose courageously, and to choose with the long-term view. The first challenge is to choose consciously. Vicki and I have worked together for about nine years, and it's amazing how after working together nine years, we begin to think alike. And this past Wednesday, she preached at the Wednesday night uplift service, and I was amazed by how we were thinking in the same direction. One of her points in her message this past Wednesday was to think consciously. And this is part of what Vicki shared this past Wednesday. She shared every day we make thousands of choices from the mundane, like will it be Jack in the Box or Burger King, to choices that impact the world, like will we buy items made in sweatshops, or will we be an informed and informing participant in our political system? Choices. We choose to pass on gossip. We choose to misspeak about our sisters and brothers. We choose to remain oblivious to the danger our consumption of natural resources has on the planet. We choose how we see each other. And unfortunately, we make these choices without consciously thinking or consciously living. We are called by our faith to live consciously. What we individually must consciously decide is what impact will our life have. We are called to make conscious choices. Yet it seems like there are so many blocks to living consciously. And we saw Andy face some of these obstacles. When she got to her new job at Runway, she was immediately caught up in the glamour and the drama of it all. Here she was in her plaid skirt and her polyblend sweater, looking at everyone around her. So beautiful and glamorous. Somehow she got sidetracked into all the trappings. She was so solid in herself until she got into that environment that pulled her in different directions. It's easy for us to get caught up in the trappings around us. It's also easy for us to get caught up in the drama around us. Oftentimes it's the drama that keeps us from living and making conscious choices. We can go home feeling centered and calm and peaceful. And our partner will say, how could you forget to feed the cat today? And suddenly, a relaxing evening at home becomes very dramatic. And before we know it, it's no longer about the cat, it's about some deep issue from our childhood that somehow emerged. And there's a block in our relationship. It is so difficult to live consciously because of the trappings around us, the drama around us. And let's also face it, 
Sometimes we are just flat tired. It seems like with all the choices around us, we actually have less time to live deeply and consciously. I like how Sarah von Brothnack phrases it. She says, almost everyone I know is exhausted. We're worn to raveling. We're unsteady, asleep at the switch. We shouldn't be driving cars. We shouldn't be sending emails or having telephone conversations. There's no doubt in my mind that sleep deprivation is the hidden number one cause of arguments. I'm convinced that countless good relationships end and bad ones begin because of chronic fatigue. Never make a major decision until you've taken a nap. When I examined my pattern of choice making, I was surprised to discover that the one constant in the wrong choices I made was that I made them when I was physically and emotionally exhausted and couldn't think clearly. Good choices were made when I was fully awake and engaged and the synapses were connecting. And the bad choices? I was worn down by crisis, commotion, confusion, and chaos. What stands in the way of conscious living? The trappings around us, the drama around us, and sometimes just being flat exhausted. Sometimes the first choice we're called to make is to say, stop! Take a breath. Find that solid place, that strong place. Ultimately, Andy came to her senses. She saw what was happening to her from the inside out. And finally, she made that choice to quit answering her cell phone that was disrupting her entire life. And in fact, one of the most powerful moments in the movie, she takes the cell phone and throws it into a fountain in Paris. And at that moment, she is saying, stop. I'm going to be who I really am. And I'm going to live consciously from the inside out. That was a powerful moment of courage on her part. And that's the next challenge that we have. Not only to live consciously when it comes to our choices, but to live courageously. That again becomes a deep challenge because many of us have been comfortable in the way that we've been living. We're comfortable in our careers. We're comfortable in our relationships. Some of us are even comfortable in our faith. Question, when was the last time God disrupted your life? And were you listening closely enough to sense that disruption? We are called to make choices that are courageous. And the choices we make reveal how courageously we are truly living. Every single day we make choices that reveal our courage. We choose between the right thing and the convenient thing. Sticking to a conviction or caving in for the sake of comfort or approval. We choose either to take a carefully thought out risk or crawl into a shrinking shell of safety, security, 
our inactivity. We choose either to trust in God, even when we don't understand God's ways, or to second-guess God and cower in the corners of doubt and fear. We are called to make courageous choices that do not give in to fear. Question, when was the last time you stepped out in faith and did something risky, challenging, or just different? Sooner or later, faith will mean having to do something that will challenge us. What will you do to get out of your comfort zone? Courage is not absence of fear. Courage is resistance to fear. Courage is mastery of fear. Being afraid is not a good reason to choose not to do something. Go ahead and do it. Do it scared. The more you do it, the less scary it gets. Courage is doing it scared. Is there a courageous choice before you at this point in your life? My prayer today is that you will consciously confront your fears and make the courageous choice that God may be calling you to make. And it may not just be your life at stake. It may be the life of your children or your family. It may be a life that will impact, a choice that will impact many other lives. Choices. Conscious choices. Courageous choices. And then those choices that have a long-term view. Again, in Does the Devil Wear Prada, Andy found herself looking at what was happening in her life. She saw how it was impacting her family and her friendships and her relationships. And I think she came to a point where she realized that maybe she was going to be dressed in the highest fashions possible, but she would have no real love in her life. Ultimately, she made that decision for the long view. I found myself thinking back to a point in my life where I made one decision that I think has ultimately impacted every other decision I've ever made. It happened back when I was 21. I'd finished three years of college and I'd been struggling with coming out issues for those years. Finally, between my junior and senior years, I came to that place where I decided to finally come out, at least to myself. And I had never had so much fun in all my life. And I convinced myself that I could go to parties, I could have boyfriends, I could just have a blast and do a full load at college. (laughs) I pulled it off for a while. But the more fun I had, the more fun I wanted to have. The more boyfriends I had, the more boyfriends I wanted to have. (laughs) I could feel coming out becoming the number one focus of my life. For so many years, I'd been this reserved little Nazarene Sunday school boy. (laughs) And now there was all this fun all around me. I remember thinking to myself, you know, I've been so reserved all my life. It's it's time to kind of let it out for a while. What if I just put off my senior year and maybe got a job in midtown Kansas City near all the gay bars? (laughs) 
What if for just one year I really, really, really had lots and lots of fun and didn't think about anything, just had fun, and then got back to my college career? In August, just before my senior year started, I was really thinking about putting my education on hold for a while. And something amazing happened. I'd gone on a family vacation, and in the middle of the night, I had this really amazing dream that to this day I believe was the voice of God in my life. In this dream, I saw a glimpse of myself at age 50. If I continued to make the choices I was making at that time in my life, if I continued to choose the party lifestyle, if I chose to put off my education, what did I see at age 50? I saw myself in a gay bar, sitting alone, at a table by myself. It was a bar that was primarily frequented by people in their early 20s. And they would walk by and see me sitting there and then whisper among themselves. One person looked over and saw me sitting there and said to his friend, who is that? Who is that tired old queen? (laughs) And the guy next to him said, oh, that's just Dwayne. Don't worry about him. He's harmless. I awakened from that dream feeling more lonely than I had ever felt at any point in my life. It was as if that had come true. And immediately, I realized that I had not made that choice. And I could make a new choice right then that there was a way to come out, to have a good time, but also to live my deepest and truest values. At that moment, I renewed my commitment to responsible, faithful living. And I thanked God for this second opportunity. I finished my senior year and from there was called to ministry. I realize now that I had a choice to live for that present moment or to live for the long view. What choices are you facing today? We are called together to make conscious choices, courageous choices, and choices that will have long-term significance. If you're comfortable, take the hand of someone nearby as we go to our God in prayer. God of grace and mercy, God of life and love, my prayer for each one of us today is that you would help each one of us to make choices for you, choices for love, choices for real life. Give us the consciousness and the courage that we need. Speak to us. Move through us and in us. Jesus Christ, giver of grace, have mercy on us as individuals. Jesus Christ, giver of grace, have mercy on this your church. Jesus Christ, giver of grace, have mercy on your world. And hear the prayers of your people who pray. Amen.